I'm going to just pop a couple of Tic Tacs in my mouth. Do you want a Tic Tac? Yes, please. Uh, is this how loud you're going to be talking, Nick? Yes. Only you can really know that, though, Nick. Yes. I can't. I mean, we're not professionals. I can't be sure. Being the professionals when I was younger, and then um they reshow it on a like a satellite channel or something. Uh, shit. Yeah, it wasn't good. Uh. I um I I don't know. I feel this is the first one we've done mm. in uh, on an on a Monday yeah. in ages, and Long also time. on a Monday lunchtime. Yes, and there's a upside and a downside to that. The upside is mm-hmm. energy. Yeah. For me, though. Downsides energy as well. Have, well you, have you met me today? You're, I think you're, I mean, you're I've doing got, fine. I've got the energy of a sedated sloth. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's that. And also the, 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 the downside for me as well is that how I feel at lunchtime on a Monday mm. really does depend on how my morning's gone. Oh, work in the office. oh this is going to be a lumpy trip. It's fine. I'll, I'll put it, I'll put it aside. Good. Uh, the, the, uh, I once thought about, uh, doing a because i really like uh like workplace blogs or i certainly used to when people still had rss readers and stuff like that when people could actually sort of maintain some form of anonymity to allow them to speak candidly yeah Yeah. and and so the um the ones about being police officers or the ones that were school teachers and stuff. the really useful insightful ones that people obviously it necessitated their um uh, uh, hiding their true identity to make yeah. them engaging. Yeah, I remember that. And I, at the time, I always thought, wow, some of the stuff, because whenever you're in an office and anything remotely wacky mm. happens or something mm-hmm. or people have a stupid conversation, someone always says, oh, you can make a TV series about this or a sitcom or something mm-hmm. like that. It wouldn't be funny. We have a laugh, don't we? It's crazy, some of the stuff we have to deal with. And, uh, and, and I, I never thought that because that's stupid. Mm. But I often, th- I often thought, oh, God, those uh, uh, professional blo- the, the blogs mm. about the workplace, I really like those. Those are really good. The problem is everything you have to deal with in a sort of a servicey uh, uh, office situation, mm. uh, open plan office situation, everything you're dealing with mm-hmm. is so specific mm. um, that not only would you have to give far more detail than you really should, mm to uh, make the scenarios that happen Mm. work on a blog. So anonymity would be a problem. But at the same time, there's so much history and weirdness to every different sort of character in an office Mm -hmm. that you'd end up getting so frustrated with how much explanation you'd have to do at Mm. the beginning of every post that instead you'd just go, tell you what, just just go and watch the, the British office instead. It will take you less time to watch all two series of the British Office. I don't think even that doesn't really capture the existential horror. No, I um I was thinking about um I, at some point I might talk about some of the stuff I've I've been a, I can't at the moment. I don't know what the statute of limitations on no, that stuff is, I, I, and I, I can't at the moment. But I, I'm thinking about um because it's inevitable it's going to happen. I've been thinking about um, working up a script treatment for a British version of uh, American Horror Story. <laughs> I think that'd be excellent, <laughs> and it will be about the true existential horror of working in a 
in a uh, in a, an office with um, uh, mental health issues. It'd be really interesting. I won't be really interesting. I uh, the the thing about uh, and I know we talked about we talked about the office before, not the the actual places where we mm. work. We talked about the TV show. You prefer, uh, and I think long term, mm. taken as a whole, I think I probably mm. prefer the US office as yeah. well because mm-hmm. it's just nicer. It's less depressing yeah. to watch it over a really long mm-hmm. period. But the one thing I, you could just never imagine, it's like Nathan Barley or something like that. I'm re-watching that at the moment. From the, it's the 10th anniversary was recently yeah. or something, wasn't it? Is, um, it's totally Mexico. The characters in them mm. uh, end in the office specifically. Yeah. You, they just seem so outlandish when you watch them on a screen. Mm-hmm. Like David Brent yeah. seems like... Ricky Gervais being the most horrible Ricky Gervais is capable See, the, the of being thing is, and skin at, crawling. At, at the time, my my boss was very genuinely very reminiscent to mm. to uh, Ricky Gervais to the point uh, David Brent uh, rather to the point that I remember um, our service was merging with another to create a, a larger offering, and he presented to various people across the region that would be affected by it, and actually used at the end of his slideshow. He posed the question, why us? Click the button and Tina Turner's simply the best played. Seriously. I'm not joking. No irony. And no irony whatsoever. And that was during the office's initial run back in the early uh, aughts. There are, see, there are problems, there are problems with Ricky Gervais that, that we don't need to get into. And people have, he, people get very passionate about him Mm. for various reasons that aren't entirely unearned. But I think that one of the things I've never quite understood, oh, I kind of understand but never quite understood as well, is a lot of people don't like him and don't like David Brent because yeah. they see one as just the other. That's, sure. ju- that's just what Ricky Gervais mm-hmm. is like, and so they don't like it yeah. creeps them out. But no, that's a really on-point character. Mm-hmm. That's a really oh, yeah. on-point created character. Yeah. You might have a sip. He might have some similar traits in common with David Brent yeah. or with uh, Ricky Gervais certainly looks the same very similar uh, similar although Ricky Gervais is uh, much thinner yeah no days. he is isn't mm. he um, but that character and Nathan Barley as well and a lot of the other characters in that show as much as they seem like mm. outlandish stereotypes mm-hmm. they're not really at all do you think like there's a super secret like medicine or something that people who get to a certain level of celebrity take that um like makes them buff Maybe buff and thinner. You know, you can like you can be sort of quite chubby and fun for a while, but once you get sort of like you know, a few years of fame, at an elevated level, all of a sudden they become buff. Like Charlie Brooker and Richard Char- Gervais. Charlie Brooker off. is a very good example. Yeah, he's beautiful looking now, and and he used to be one of us. I mean, he is. He still speaks to me, um, in a very special way. In your head, is he one of the voices? Oh, don't. <laughs> No, he's not one of the voices. Like, I, I, I don't generally have voices, but I think I've told before about the told you before about these tablets I have to take in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, they help me sleep. They're a sedative, but they're also an antidepressant. They have helped anxiety levels and so forth, uh, which is all good. But as I'm going to sleep, I start getting um, audio hallucinations occasionally. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have on occasion sort of found myself lifting my what. What? That's weird. Yeah, no, it's not pleasant. So I kind of, I have this sort of race to try and fall asleep before they properly kick in now. Um, it's a lot of fun taking antidepressants, I've got to tell you. 
if I had to choose between voices mm. that I'd hear yeah. speaking to me, yeah. I'd definitely choose uh, probably Charlie Brooker and um, Frankie Boyle. Yeah. And the reason I choose They're those quite is, angry voices you've chosen. Yeah, there. but most people would be like, why would but they'd just be horrible to you? Yeah. But the good thing about both of those voices is it's really clear to me in both cases yeah. that they loathe themselves more than they oh, loathe yeah. anyone else. Yeah. So I wouldn't feel like if they were if they were being if they were saying to me, You're a you're a shithead, you're rubbish, oh yeah, you're looking at yourself in the mirror to brush your teeth, but look at that hateful face. Mm. You like your beard at the moment, but it's going in all... And deep down, mm. it's going in all different directions. Deep down... Your beard or... My beard. Yeah. Uh, deep down, I'd know, mm. because of the undertow to both of their sure. their personas, mm. that they hated themselves far more than that. So I'd yeah. be like... They'd be like, ah, you're a scumbag. And I'd mm. be like, oh, come on, bring it in. Yeah. I'd want to give yeah. give those two. Whereas if it was a Ricky Gervais or a Noel Fielding or, or something like that, you wouldn't – I don't know why I picked him or Russell Brand. I'd be like, yeah, you really do think I'm, you're better than me, don't you? I'm That's not sure. Not, yeah, you, you and I are on very different sides of the fence, I think, with Russell Brand. We don't need to spend another show talking no, yeah. about him. Well, I did watch an episode of The Trues before I came out. The only reason I, I mentioned him was because I mentioned Noel Fielding, and it's a mm. pretty straight line to get to Russell Brand from there, <clears throat> or a wobbly sort of metrosexual line. Um, maybe not straight. And um, a, and at the same time, I thought Noel Fielding's maybe a bit of a feels a bit like an old-timey, obscure reference, so I'd have to pick someone a bit more current. I don't know who's current. No, I don't either. No. Uh, Russell Brand was certainly a, uh, around a lot at the end of last year. Who were but then so was... Um, John Oliver. Yeah. Don't yeah, know. maybe John Oliver. Jolliver. Jolliver. Is that what we're calling yeah, him now? That's right, yeah. The, uh, but I don't hear voices. They all stopped talking to me a long time ago. Good. It's very it's lonely. Very, it's no, it's not. It's not good. It's not something I'd want particularly. The uh, have enough in trouble. I have enough trouble berating myself in my own voice without having other voices in my head berating me. Um, there was a, a an an article, a blog post. There was a blog post, but because it was on the Guardian mm. site, it's an article uh, yesterday written by a Matt Haig, who I think is maybe in his thirties. I guess a writer. I, I didn't know the name. Uh, but it's it's being shared a lot as a as one of those uh, insightful articles. I'm doing hands, and I should you almost did wrong. air quotes. You yeah, were very close to it. It's it's being shared around as one of those insightful articles about uh, that really tells you everything you need to know about a subject, and the subject is mm. uh, mental health. Okay, um, and it is really good. It's a really good piece of writing, and it does have some facts. And statistics. Mm. They're largely statistics you've seen in other places, but like they are good. Mm -hmm. And it does raise a certain level of awareness. Uh, awareness is one of those words I tend to put in air quotes, but not in this particular case. Mm -hmm. But it amounts more to a testimonial about his own mental health mm. issues, uh, which doesn't make it any less valid. But I feel uncomfortable with the idea of sharing it as if. I know you, James, and probably the listener, because most of our listeners are probably invested or more uh, conscious of mm -hmm. mental health, especially mm. male mental health issues, um, than the, the Joe public. Jublick. Mm. <laughs> Jublick. Um, so this article isn't really any different from – it doesn't really say anything different from – as, as much as everyone's mm. – 
it's very personal and that's why I say it amounts more to a testimonial but I couldn't share it in good conscience as this real gotcha about mental health issues because it's really similar sure. to a lot of similar testimonials that we've seen everyone who writes about male mental health or just mental health in general but everyone mm -hmm. who writes about um, subjects like that tends to start by editorialising or or confessing to or giving testimony to their own experiences mm -hmm. and maybe that is the best way because it's the best way to make people feel some empathy for you or some sympathy mm -hmm. for you um, so it's a really good piece. I will put a link to it in the show notes, which you can find at twogrownmen.net, uh, the specific uh, episodes post for this for this episode. But, yeah, if, if you want to share another one of those posts with your friends online who don't really understand stuff, yeah. it's quite a good one. Cool. There isn't that interesting section in it, though, uh, which I'd never really registered bothered me before, but you know the uh, the equivalents that we quite often and we talk about it on here as well. That if you've got something physical wrong with you, mm. people understand that more. And so he's got a sequence of quite good examples of sentences that make it seem ridiculous. My like, GP brought up that very subject. She when she was trying to g me up and tell me to not tell me to stop. Sorry. But, Stop feeling sorry for yourself. No, but the sort of she was, she was very good at guiding me through the acceptance stage of my depression. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, I've mentioned it before, but I, 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 I cannot. Just having a good GP is such a. I'm so lucky. It's so difficult to get. Yeah, you know, because it's luck of the draw essentially. Mm -hmm. But um, she was guiding me. She was guiding me through the acceptance process recently. She was using the cancer example. It's like, well, if you had cancer. You wouldn't have a problem coming to see me, would you? You'd expect treatment. You'd expect people to understand that you're not well. Hmm. So mental health, in terms of its it, it being an actual health issue, it's no yeah. different. Which is and I, it's true. It's yeah. absolutely true. And it's a really good comparison. I worry about it a little bit though, because it's well, it's a really good comparison to um, to make people feel more accepting of their own health. And it, it works the first two or three hundred times you use it to talk about how insensitive people are. Mm -hmm. And at this article, one of the things it talks about is how it, it's interesting. And I guess it does it because it's the only way, the only way you can really gauge the cost, the health cost of, uh, he any health condition is by working out how many people have died of it. Mm -hmm. And so the only way you can, the only concrete way you can come up with a number that you can bludgeon people with is to mm -hmm. talk about suicide. Yeah. But actually, there are. Uh, while I was reading this, it's the first time I've really thought about it. That while you're while you're thinking about mental health, suicide's a good way to suicide rates are a good way to identify that with to identify that as a blunt instrument, mm. to identify that number to give a quantity. But actually, like. There are so many other things, so many other lifestyle problems mm -hmm. that leads to poor health that mm -hmm. we have that I think we'd tie. We've talked about it a little bit before, but food issues, for example, mm. um, a lot of the time when we take drugs uh, to excess, we do it because it helps. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when people. Is this an intervention? No, not at all. No, I'm think. I mean, I was thinking mainly about food. Mm. Like, um, I'm very aware of my own poor relationship with food in the last year. Sorry, it's, it's 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 funny you mention it. Cause I'm off to see the GP on Wednesday, mm. 
and um, it's, we both expect her to be talking to me about how we treat my what we, we think I've got type two diabetes, mm-hmm. so which is lifestyle, um, obviously a, a lifestyle disease. I'm aware that I I have food issues, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to get on top of them. My yeah. life is defined by food you know the, the the best things about me is i love to cook so so um social occasions are generally built around cooking i like mm. to be able to provide nice food for my my family but i i overeat awfully because it makes me feel good because i feel bad so much of the time and it's so complicated and food's a really hard one to to get on top of I, I was watching I'm afraid it's part of this Russell Brand thing but it's part of a larger sure. conversation about the addictiveness of sugar mm-hmm. and and I I crave sugar constantly uh, and you know I, I I like my my weaknesses there are wine gums and licorice all right so sugary jelly sort of sweets are what I I go to but I but you know they're they're also that's a lie to the fact that because I feel bad I like to smoke dope yeah, and I, I don't like I don't like alcohol. I've stopped drinking alcohol completely, um, and I'm apart from my my medication. I'm not interested in any other. I'm not really interested in any other sort of uh, stimulants. Um, I have a cup of coffee in the morning, but that's it. I have one cup of coffee. But you know, kind of everything that 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 goes with you know my smoking. All of the, all of the stuff that. Is causing me my lifestyle. Uh, is causing illnesses. So diabetes, you know, being overweight, smoking. Obviously, you know, is, is uh, you know, I, I feel it making me like. I actually feel like at the moment I've had quite a few health issues, and I, I actually feel a physical sense of decay. I feel like I'm, you know, crumbling away sort of slowly, and it's it's um. But I, I don't know. You know, I, I think the depression, treating the depression should help it, but I still can't really cope with my life. You know, my, certainly my food issues. Mm. I, I find really hard to to get around it, and because it's part of it, you know, every day you have to eat. We yeah. all we all have to eat, but it, it it's you know, so it becomes you know, I I keep kidding myself that what I'm eating is fine. It's like there's no problem. Well, because it's not about just it, you're you're right that it isn't. You, you hit on something that I was thinking about but couldn't quite put into words a, a minute ago, which is where my relationship with food is really mm. s- similar, I think. Um, and it's definitely something that's got worse over the last year. But that it's not like you can just quit. Mm. It's not like if you've got a problem with... Uh, I'm not trying to diminish problems mm-hmm. with alcohol or, or substances that are causing mm. causing you you problems... It, it it's not like you can just quit eating no. so you have to you have to trick yourself or work out you've got to draw a much more subtle line yeah so it's like well what are you going to cut out uh, you're going to use everything low fat instead well that's weird and and it's a, it's a much wobblier line because you're yeah. putting the thing that you have a problem with. You have mm-hmm. to have it in your life all the time. Yeah. You have to you have to eat a mm-hmm. couple of times there. I find I don't have a weakness for sugar. I don't. Well, maybe it is sugar deep down, but I I like I find that last thing at night I mm. have to compulsively eat something. Yeah. Just because. Um. 
just because I'm not going to get to until the morning. Also, I don't know it's how. Comforting. It's comforting. Yeah. It's comforting. And I think another problem that you've got um, that's very peculiar to to um, food and alcohol is um, our, our social lives are built around mm. one or the other or both. So, for example, um, <laughs> we've got Nick and I are both turning 40 in the next, myself in a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Which is, and again, with this, I don't, I don't think it helps this sort of general feeling of de- decay yeah. I have at the moment. It's making 40 seem more significant than it should. And, but um, we decided we'd go out on Nikki's birthday as a joint thing between the two of us. But it's to a restaurant. Yeah. Of course it'd be to a restaurant. We're going to wait. What else are we going to do? Sort of sit in a field and talk to each other. I mean, that'd be nice, but, you know, it's cold in April. I and maybe it's a lie I tell myself, but like one of the, the times when the times when my wife really Amy picks up picks up on my eating is when we're at a party or something. Yeah. Because when there's buffet food mm. or something, I've always seen that as all bets being off. See, I go the other way. So you eat quite a lot with a buffet, do you? Well, just in in any situation where there's food mm. that either someone else has made. Or, I mean, you've seen me when I've come yeah, over for dinner yeah. at your place. Oh, God, yeah. Either when it's food that someone else has made or mm. or it's food that mm. I have paid for and there's some sort of all-you-can-eat yeah. mm. quotient, quotient to it or something like yeah. that. Um, so I'm more of a, I'm a secret eater because well, I'm, I'm ashamed and I try and hide my shame. So when we have, um, when we have people over, I think um, Jane and Steve, um, who uh, Jane obviously appears on the other podcast we do. Steve's appeared on a version of it. Mm-hmm. We talk about them a lot on that. And, you know, they're probably sort of our, our the, the friends that we see most regularly around our house. And they come around and I'll cook for them. Mm-hmm. And I will sort of, I'll take myself off into the kitchen to do the washing up. I, the air quotes, you can't see them. But what I'm doing is actually like if there's a little bit of leftovers, I'm stuffing the leftovers. You do that cause as I, well. Because I don't want to. I don't want to be seen to be overeating in front of people. I want to secretly eat more. You know, it, where, where no one can see what I'm doing. You know, and I feel ashamed. Like um, last night, what was I doing last night? We, we'd had something that was quite tasty, or I don't. I don't know. And I. I, I I'd gone into the kitchen. Nicola was in a different room. I'd gone into a, and I, I just, I was just finishing the last mouthful as Nicola came in. I was quickly trying to, to finish eating it because I didn't want her to see me eating because I'm ashamed of it. You know, it's we're in, um, you're in a kind of an open plan situation, whereas we've got mm. a separate room for our kitchen. Oh, she was in the other annex. Oh, and and the amount of times I've been convinced that Amy must have been able to hear the spoon mm. going in yeah. the the bolognese mm. that we'd just eaten. And yeah. we make enough that we can freeze some. Mm. I am. Um, isn't that's interesting? Because I've I've got a tactic now with bolognese. Is I put because um, we always have leftovers. I'm going to make it tomorrow. Actually, funnily enough, and I'll put some carrots in. Nice, nice way to get hidden veg in for for Scarlet. But um, what I do now to try and stop myself overeating straight in a bowl, straight in the fridge because I don't like it cold. See, that's not a bad idea, but mm. we're not organised enough for that. Maybe we need to be. Mm. I, See, I have to force myself to do it. But if I leave it in the in the pan and it's sort of at a, you know, sort of room temperature, I can eat it until the pan's empty, and then I feel guilty and full. There was a, I, I'm not quite as bad now as I was, you know, at the, at the absolute depths of my depression last year. But there was a point when I was going to bed where I look back and I I couldn't remember the last time I felt hungry. Mm. So I was eating so much I couldn't remember the last time I was genuinely hungry. Well, the weird thing is when Amy's not around. And if there's for a couple of days or whatever, mm. and there's not, um, 
and there's not food in the house, yeah. not snacks in the house. We mm-hmm. don't have a lot of snacks in the house anyway. I get very grumpy when there aren't snacks Well, in the I'm house. normally okay. I, I, it doesn't, mm. I cannot eat for a couple of days. And I think a lot of it... Mm. A lot of it is down to my relationship with having been really, really skint in the past. Mm. Like, I was living in a shared house really early with not, not like when I was about 17, mm. with not really any money for food. Sure. So we got, I got into, um, I used to really enjoy it actually. I got into the habit of making soup, but mm-hmm. it was just soup with whatever. whatever. Yeah. And you can make and and because what you're what you're really making the most of because mm. I was a vegetarian at the time as well what you're really making the most of mm-hmm. is how far you can stretch an oxo cube yeah <laughs> because literally once you add a vegetable oxo cube to enough water you've got mm-hmm. a soup and then anything else you put in there like pasta or anything that's just a bonus or potato and you can make something that seems like a substantial food quite but then when I was a, uh, in my twenties uh, just just to clarify um, if if I might. Um, you don't have a soup. Uh, you have a stock. Don't, but, but that that's fine. That's so okay. you have a soup once you start adding stuff to it. Kinda. Yeah, there you go. So I'm happy with I'm happy with uh, my I'm happy with what I'm saying because I was only a teenager then. Anyway, in my in my mid twenties though, there were periods of time when I had so little money when I was living in a, a. Actually, it probably got the worst it ever got when I was in my early thirties and okay. I was living in a studio flat. Mm-hmm. And when I worked at Forbidden Planet as a manager, the pay they used to give managers, it wasn't really enough if you already had some outstanding, like some small outstanding debts already, sure, yeah. for you to also have your own flat. Mm-hmm. But circumstances had meant that I wasn't, I, I broke, uh, I, I, a relationship broke up mm-hmm. and I had to find somewhere. There wasn't anyone I could share with. And so. I ended up in a studio flat of my own. And there were periods of time when I had a bag of lentils to last me a week. Wow. And I I managed. Yeah. I wasn't the healthiest I've ever been, mm. but I managed. And so I can go a really long time without mm. eating. But when there's food in the house, it becomes a problem. See, it's funny. I can go a long time without eating as well. Say, for example, in the past when I've gone away with work and I don't want to be seen eating. Mm. So I'll survive on virtually nothing. For like one, two, three days, I can I can go really easily, if if there's like social embarrassment potentially involved. I think like when you've come away with me, I don't I don't eat excessively when I'm out because I, I hate eating. Like I remember went to a LCC and we had a burger outside yeah. that pub, and I felt awful eating that because there were people watching the fat man eat, and it's like. So that's really I mean it's not interesting it's depressing but it's also quite interesting Mm. Mm. because it's the opposite of how I I mean I don't feel I don't feel any food yeah but a lot of a lot of my mental health issues are around um, paranoia about Mm. how people perceive me which is um, something that I've had for as long as I can remember like since I was a kid so yeah I can I mean I can relate to that a little Mm. bit but mine has never been really food related and it's but that's almost a problem for me because I've conned myself into thinking a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's like you say about big helpings. Mm. Because regular meal times are a relatively recent thing for mm-hmm. me, I don't mind like the last five or ten years, five or yeah. six years probably. I don't, I don't feel bad about stocking up at meal times. Mm-hmm. My problem has become all of that 
extra yeah. snacking. Yeah, I was already overweight. I mean, a doctor told me uh, towards the end of me looking into sorting out my snoring, a doctor did comment that I was overweight. That was two or yeah. three years ago. I've never been exactly fit. Mm-hmm. But in the last year, it's got bad. And I don't know if it's to do with the house, which we don't have to get into now. Mm-hmm. But when that's another one of those situations, when that's over and there's no way mm-hmm. of offending anyone involved, I'll have some things to say about that. Cool. Um, but if it's the house hunt, I don't know if it's the house hunting, which has made it very difficult to feel stable for a year and a bit, or, uh, or, or whether it's my work situation. But I never used to eat crisps. Like I, I never, mm-hmm. I never used to feel compelled to go and buy crisps. Yeah, we can't really afford for me to go and buy crisps, especially on days when you know I've got a packed lunch. The whole yeah. point of that is I'm not supposed to go and do it. Yeah. I, I have to stop myself going and buying, and this probably sounds ridiculous, I know, but I have to stop myself going and buying second bags of crisps yeah. during the day mm-hmm. because, um, that's what I want it. For comfort, it's entirely about and comfort. And there's probably a whole lot of psycho- stuff around the the the, the psychology of, of the routine of it, maybe. Yeah. I think that that's very closely allied to smoking. Mm-hmm. What I missed when I stopped smoking for a year and I hate myself... I, need I say I hate myself for picking it up again? I think people... That's are, a fairly li- small-scale hate, though. Yeah, if you're fine. If you've listened to this, you know I'm not fond of myself. Mm. But... um. It's kind of similar in terms of there's a, a ritual that mm-hmm. goes with it. You you leave the place that's probably causing you the str- the stress in any given day, which is for you and I be our desks, mm-hmm. and you're going off and you're doing something else, aren't you? You're going and buying the, pa- and it's nice that you've got a nice prize at the end of it. It's like the smoking. The prize at the end of leaving your desk and going outside is you get to have that cigarette, and it's the same with the the crisps. I think as much as anything, it's the ritual that goes with it as as much as having. Because if someone went to the, I bet if someone went to the the shop or wherever you get the crisps from, brought them back for you, it wouldn't be half as pleasurable. Yeah, I never want anything when someone yeah. says, "Does anyone want anything?" Yeah. I, uh, the, the weird thing about it though is, cause quite often when we talk about these compulsions or stuff mm. like this, it's, it's something that you realize about and realizing mm. that you do it is one of the, even if you don't realize you're doing it while you're doing it, but mm. I know I'm doing this while I'm like, but I th- I think- a couple of times in the last mm-hmm. month, I've got pot noodles at yeah. quite near to home time mm. when I know I'll be eating dinner not long after I get yeah. home. And it's like the seed sinks in uh, about lunchtime that yeah. maybe I fancy a pot noodle. Mm. And so I can't leave work until, you know, I, I have to get it at four o'clock, even if I'm going to be going yeah. home at five. I know all the way to buying that, mm. and the same with the crisp, all the way to mm-hmm. buying it, all the way back eating them. I know that what I'm doing isn't, I'm not mm. hungry. Mm-hmm. It is a compulsion. And I just. But you can't stop. I just do it anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, same with coffee. I drink far too much instant coffee, and it's because it gets me off my seat and going to the kitchen to make yeah. coffee. And I've identified that as a mm-hmm. problem before. For a year, I was drinking tea pigs. Yeah. Because I could make one tea bag stretch for four cups, mm-hmm. four mugs. Wow. That'd last me a day. Mm. And I'd know that, like, it, it was the nutritional equivalent, or whatever you want to call it, of one mug. Yeah. But I was having, but I was still getting the routine of going and getting yeah. drinks four times a day. Totally went out the window. I fell out of the practice of buying the tea pigs, and now I just can't be bothered. But that, that's, that, that compounds you. I mean, I, I was in 
a routine of really healthy behaviours as well. And it, it, I think that's the problem is, is what do you do when you derail yourself? Because that becomes a sort of self-perpetuating sort of uh, cycle of, of, um, self-abuse. Self, self-abuse is probably about exactly right. So, you know, um, in August last year, I was swimming twice a day. I'd stopped smoking, walked to and from work. I was feeling as healthy as I think I'd felt since my 20s. But then it stopped. You know, something, and I don't know when, and I noticed the depression got the better of me and that's what drives it. But I know there were certain events that happened in that period that, that sort of caused me some introspection. But it, it, that's what makes it even worse is you fall off the wagon, you're constantly beating yourself up for doing it, but it's so hard to get back into those good behaviours. It's so complex. It's, um, yeah... Because being ignorant mm. is kind of a bit of a shield, isn't it? Yeah, because in some ways it's worse knowing. Yeah. Because you, you, you know, you sit there and watching, you know, you, you know, shame people like us on the TV, you know, and you know, you sit there and think, I, I know I'm part of the fucking problem here, but I can't, I don't know how to get myself out of this, out of this hole, you know. And it's yeah, I, I don't have any answers at the moment. It's like when you fall off the wagon. Yeah. But you're still kind of strapped to the wagon. Yeah. So instead of just walking along mm. the road of yeah. of of bad behaviours, yeah. you're now being dragged behind yeah. the wagon. Face f- like, face yeah, down. Yeah. Yeah, which isn't it isn't a great metaphor, but it's also yeah. not a great feeling no, it's America. Not, it's not good. And England. Yeah. Um So in our most cheerful episode today. <laughs> So and I haven't had lunch yet, so I'll Nor be going, after this podcast. I'll be going and getting a jacket potato. Nor have I, and I've already snacked on a uh, generic Tesco's pepperoni this morning. So um, that's a really good healthy snack choice. We uh, yesterday we were on our way back from visiting some friends we hadn't seen in a really long time. Mm. Uh, they were in Basingstoke. That's that's their problem. It, their house is nice enough, so that they're in Basingstoke seems to be working out okay for them. But I've never been able to get on with the place. No, I'm not keen. I went to college there for a while. I wasn't keen on it. I uh, I had there was a period of time when I found that whenever I went on a train through Basingstoke, mm. I think I've mentioned this to you before, James, but I don't know if I've recorded it. Wow! Um, whenever I went through Basingstoke, regardless of which direction I was mm-hmm. going in, if it was sunny yeah. when I got there, it'd start raining at Basingstoke, and then it'd keep raining all the way to my destination. Sure. Now I don't know if there's no hard science there. But it, it tells me something. It's definitely personal to you. Yeah. I uh, just think, oh, we're quite close to London now. Grazing Stoke. Yeah. Or Basingrad, as someone I know once used to call Amazing it. Amazing joke. Amazing joke. That's different. Mm. I like that, though. It's good. Um, but anyway, we went to visit them. There was lots of hail, but it's all fine. It's okay. It was lots nice. Lots of Roman centurions. Yeah. I wasn't driving, so Amy had to put up with that, yeah. so that's okay. I had a bit of a nap in the car. Can't, can't well, so it's just as well I wasn't driving, really. Yeah. We got back and we'd decided that we wanted to get, uh, because we hadn't left enough time to make dinner and it was mm. Sunday, we decided we wanted to get a roast, one of those ready roasted rotisserie chickens. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's nowhere open at five o'clock on a Sunday to get one of those. All of the supermarkets in I'm town sure if you, shut. I'm sure if you'd gone into Shirley, you'd have found somewhere to get a whole roasted chicken. There must be. But would you have to just buy it from one of the Bijou little... It's probably that. There's that Piri Piri place up the road from me. I'm sure they do whole roast chickens. Do they? I'm sure but they do, do. Do they do them at, like, uh, Sainsbury's off the near the deli counter prices? Well, I, I, I have no idea. 
I think that's a bit cheap. I mean, it's anyway. So we couldn't find one. So I decided uh, uh, that we'd get fish and chips instead because it was the nearest equivalent yeah. I could think of. Uh, I'm pretty sure this has happened before, and I should have just called mm. you to check. But there's my favourite fish and chip shop in Southampton. It's just around the corner from where James lives, which is weird because it's so close to the actual best fish and chip shop. Where's that? It's on St James's Road. St James's Chippy is famously uh, the best chippy. Is it as cheap and, and nice? Yeah, it's delicious. You, you is it open on a Sunday? I don't know. See, you, you keep, you've more than once now, you've asked me, are things open on a, on a certain day? I don't fucking know. But it's taken me long enough to find this one that I like. It's going to be mm. very difficult for me to change my, but, um. What I like about that chippy, it's called Lynn's, isn't yeah. it? What I like about that chippy is, it is a proper old style. The only thing they've got missing are, um, nets and plastic lobsters on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Mm. I really like it, and uh, and it's difficult because I grew up. A, a, a few formative years of mine mm. were spent living in a fi- not living in a fish and chip shop, living in a house attached to a fish mm. and chip shop, which we also owned. Yeah. And um and so, I, I have a weirdly high standards for fish and mm. chips. Not like super high. I'll still eat crappy fish and chips, mm. but I will get grumpy about the service See, and think, stuff like that. I think that. the batter's really claggy from Lynn's. That's nah, all right. Maybe it's because so many other places are so bad. But uh, anyway, so we went to I went to the fish and chip shop. I drove over there. I, Amy was mm. going to drive. I said no, it's like because I hadn't driven at, at all yeah. at the weekend. So I like to have a bit of a drive. Went up there. It was shut. Mm-hmm. Should have been obvious that yeah. it would be. Uh, couldn't find out on the internet. So um, in fact, an internet site had lied to me. So then I went to a place in Bedford Place because those are the only other ones I could think of. Okay. I should have thought about the James. I think they probably close on a Sunday night. It's very traditional, Chippy. Um, And I already know that Bedford... uh, This is where uh, Amy and I disagree, because she didn't grow up in a fish and chip shop. Mm -hmm. Her main experience of eating bad fast food Mm. was mainly from being a student, because she grew up in a nice house. And, um, And so she... Her main experience was, is it a nice place to go and get food from if you're walking back to halls from Fair being enough. out drinking. All right. So, so is it open then? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, well, is that, I mean yeah. that's true. No, but not, you know, if it, if it favours fish and chips over a kebab yeah. thing, like it can have a kebab thing in, but as long as it's not in the wind, like if, as long as it's not a kebab place. So the further back the actual kebab is from the window yeah. is, okay, I see. Which I, I quite like a kebab, but to Never be fair... I've tried a bit of kebab meat, didn't care for it. I've never had a kebab. A, a bad kebab can make you a lot iller than a bad almost anything else and make you feel a lot worse. I so. went to, um, when I was at Basingstoke College, one of the lads in our class, his father owned a kebab van and this lad said he would never eat a kebab. <laughs> that tells you everything you yep. need to know, doesn't it? I uh, I feel like I didn't know you'd ever been to college in Basingstoke. Mm. Uh, and now it's like the floodgates are open, and I know two things about I, um, you I, having been to college in Basingstoke. One of my more embarrassing moments is I kind of um, lost the plot going to college, and I'd not attended for several weeks. Uh, at one point, I don't know if I've told any, ever told anyone this story, and one of my lecturers phoned up, and um, uh, she said, "Is that James?" And I, I tried to put on a foreign accent, and oh it wasn't. Goodness. I've actually done that in real life. That's and she, awful. And she wasn't having it. I had to put the phone down in the end, and I could never go back. 
That's awful. Yeah. You can never go back because, I mean, people have done worse than that, but yeah. you couldn't go back because of you, right? Just, just the pure embarrassment of it. But I, I've actually done that. I have actually, to try to, I, I tried to pretend that I was someone else by putting on a, uh, a horrible foreign accent. I think it's probably, I think I probably went, uh, Eastern European. That's usually where I go. See, I'm looking at you now and I can tell that you feel, you'll get, you're in a shame. You're, you See, feel ashamed, don't you? I, I can feel it. Yeah, I'm reliving it. I'm aware it's a very funny story, but I am reliving it. <laughs> it really a, is a funny story. I am, but I am reliving it to a certain extent. I just, I hated that guy so much, but I don't like this guy much more. But 19 year old me, fucking what a tool. Just, it was such an easy course. Just fucking turn up. I, uh, one of, the first time I ever, the first time I ever took acid, uh, there were a couple of friends who were a little bit younger than me. Mm. I think I was about 21 and they were in their late teens. Um, I mean, and they were like 18 and 19. And, um, and they were taking it for the first time as well. And we was were that, part was of it. That, was that for, for, for anyone listening from Operation Utree? Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh, we were, we were part of a quite a big group, most of whom had done mm. it before. And so the, the, the two of us, the two or three of us who, um, hadn't before, mm. but like, stuck yeah. together kind of supporting mm-hmm. each other and stuff and he had to uh, the chap uh, I was uh, the other chap he he handled it okay but mm. he was a bit more zoned out than I was and um, he had to call his dad in the morning to explain that he wouldn't be going to college mm. and he had a plan we were, at a, we were at a phone box it was about 6, six or 7 in the morning mm. we were at a phone box in the middle of nowhere it was like quite light out and it was in the middle of yeah. nowhere in Southampton somewhere and um, it's interesting that you can say in the middle of nowhere in yeah. Southampton somewhere and it still makes perfect sense. Yeah, That's yeah, Southampton. I'm, w- I'm with you. Um, and I was listening to him and he was doing really well. And then he got to the point where he had to explain to his dad why he wouldn't be going to college. Mm. And he said, uh, yeah, I, I, he went completely off script and said, yeah, I had a, I had a bad burger. Uh, yeah. Yeah, bad burger. And his face, just as he was talking, his face dropped. He's like, why am I inventing stuff? That sounds ridiculous. And in the state we were in, in the particular, mm. I'm saying it now, it doesn't sound that weird. It seems perfectly no, reasonable. No, but if, you, if, you've take, <laughs> if you've taken that drug, you can you quite easily put yourself into the mind of that individual. Oh, God, he knows. Oh, God, he knows. I've given it away. And uh, and he was he did really well carrying on, but I just couldn't. I was like laughing mm. so much. I did it quietly while he was still on the phone. A- but a bad burger. Mm. Where why would brilliant. you? Acid is a remarkable drug in so much as um, I don't think any other that I've ever tried makes you feel so acutely like you can never look your parents in the eye again because they'll know. <laughs> um, I had a similar experience. I think I've told you before on the pod, possibly, but um, um, uh, in two thousand three, um, I had a Stag weekend, so I got married, and we went to Amsterdam, uh, and we were in uh, Schiphol Airport, and one of my friends phoned in sick from the arrivals lounge <laughs> of Schiphol Airport. I, he um, he did not uh, have that job for much longer after after that incident. That's awful. Mm. I, uh, I I think that the go to should always be because it always seemed a bit unfair when you were a kid growing up. The, the you had the understanding, although I don't know any girl who ever. I, I I don't know of any situation or any girl who actually did use this. But there was always this kind of understanding that, that if girls mentioned women's troubles, mm. they could get out of pretty much anything. Yeah. But I have discovered that the equivalent for both male. This mm. is unisex. Anyone can use this. 
if you mention diarrhea at yeah. all, no one wants to know any more about that. You can leverage um, society squeamishness. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. No mm. one is going to ask you because listening to your chance. story, the bad burger story is perfect. If you ask me, he didn't oh. get on to diarrhea. If he just brought up diarrhea, <laughs> well, I had a bad. That's fine. I had a bad burger. You can read between the lines there. I'm thinkably shitting through the eye of a needle. Of course, he's we we called uh, we called him. I say we. I mean, he and I called him bad. Bad Burger Dave Bad Burger for a little Dave. bit after well, that. People who are called Dave um, seem to attract... Nicknames, I know. Yeah, but really um, uh, um, very... Um, I don't know what you'd call it. Like I, I had a... Um, I, the word escapes me. But I, had a, I had a friend called uh, Dopey Dave. Um, I had a friend called Pasty Pastry Dave. Um, <laughs> and so on and so forth. And very I, descriptive. I, I, yeah, nicknames. they are. But, but, you know, they're not... not hugely original but it's just something about the name dave that sort of attracts that type of of nickname i feel like uh i'm still I, friends with pasty pastry dave. pasty pastry right dave does he we listen don't, we don't call him that anymore obviously oh. it's uh no he does not why not this is he sounds like a man of a certain age this sounds like he's, exactly a, he's the a very nice guy I very, I very like although he did um uh my wife posted a picture of my beard on um me me behind it too uh and he he rather disparagingly suggested I looked like I was eating a badger, which I thought was a bit unpleasant. Yeah, you didn't. It looks like a rogue rogue beard, as really? in Rogue, the character Rogue. You've got the white streak. I like yeah, it. Yeah, no, I like it too. I'm very pleased with it. You don't it really, look like you're eating a badger. It really hides my face. I really like my beard. Maybe wearing the skin of a badger on your face. Yeah, that doesn't help, does it? No, and I the don't blood know. smeared over the visible parts. I've said about your beard on another podcast that I like it because you've probably mm. got around the same amount of white to mm. dark hair yeah. on your face. But yours is very distinct, whereas mine is just... Mine clusters. <laughs> yeah, mine clusters. You're, you're salt and pepper, whereas mine sort of streaks. I don't like it. And mm. the white hair stick out further. I don't know what that's mm. all about. I um, I've really come to peace with my beard. I like it. Although I haven't, I mean, it's, it's, I've been going a little while with it now, so. I love mine. Yeah. I really do. But I, li- I like, uh, we've talked about my dad's beard recently. I liked my dad's beard a couple of years ago. I aspire to that. I'd rather not be the same shape as him. Mm. Um, although, obviously, in the last year, I've I've clearly been working on that a little bit. But anyway, so uh, so we ended up going, yes, yeah, so a Bedford Place. We ended up going to fish and chip shops mm-hmm. in Bedford Place. They're all right. But they are very much designed and priced mm. for people who've been drinking yeah. or who've been out to something in mm-hmm. town, yeah. which means that those people aren't as worried about how much mm. money they're going to spend. And let's be honest, they're eating on the move and they might be a bit drunk. Yeah. So the quality of the food doesn't have mm-hmm. to be great. And it's all priced for that. So I was already feeling a bit down mm-hmm. about this. And then I totally got stuck in traffic mm. going back because uh, – you will have known about this, James, but mm. it's me. So I didn't know this, even though it seems to be mm. a hugely important thing for someone who lives in Southampton to have known. Mm. I was trying to travel back to my house, and it's about a mile mm. I was going to be traveling, um, in a town that had, had Liverpool playing a football oh, match yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. Be- busy, was it? Uh, I... This isn't, and, a we, and we lost as well. So people, it wouldn't have been, there wouldn't have been a happy atmosphere in town last night. I know this isn't a traffic podcast. I know it's typically blokey to talk mm. about uh, uh, hellish journeys. Oh, um, Southampton locks solid after Saints games. It's a nightmare getting out of town. And I'm not that good a driver. Mm. And and apparently I'm a bit. There are these two things that happen. We don't get fast food. We mm. don't get takeout food that often. Yeah. 
Um, we're certainly not casual about it the way we should be. Yeah. And um, I'm not that good a driver mm-hmm. still yet. And it was quite dark and it was rainy. And so I was already – what I should have done was mm. instead of going and getting fish and chips, when, once that option – fell apart i should have said well we'll just get a chinese takeaway yeah, you should or, have gone down to china or, or we'll just a get a pizza mistake. or something yeah. that'll be fine there's a domino's right around yeah. the corner from us so i should have just headed straight home but instead i decided i had to get fish and chips mm. so the whole time i was waiting in this fish and chip shop where the service wasn't as good as mm. i was expecting and the food i could already see the food was there and i'd already committed to it the two bits of fish that i knew were going to be ours mm. once their chips were eventually ready i was looking at them uh looking at them thinking I've committed to those. They're not. I can already tell they're not going to be as nice as the ones I wanted. So now, well, that could have been someone's mother. You got this existential crisis. Yeah. So I had yeah. this ten or fifteen minute wait there, and I was looking there, and so I trudged back to the car, having spent more money on on less nice food than I knew I'd planned to have. And then I got in the car, and I was like, "Oh, it seems a bit. Mm. There seems to be a lot of traffic around. I wonder what's going on. I'll mm. probably clear up once I'm in the car." Had to pull had to reverse mm-hmm. into a road not yeah. i don't that's one of the things i don't like doing because i'm not a very good driver yeah. and then i kept making bad decisions mm. to that i thought were good decisions because i didn't know that football had been on mm. but i guessed that these were out of towners so i thought well they're not going to be using all the little side streets that i'm gonna be be using so uh, i made some really bad decisions that meant i had to pull out into really heavy traffic uh which meant that as well as being a bit depressed about mm. the food i was also hyper stressed and a little bit terrified for my life which apparently to me mm. comes out as 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 really low level too scared to get out of the car road mm. rage oh wow i never thought i'd be that sort mm. of driver but i was so angry all the way home I bet you, but it is horrible as well the, the tra- what you got to remember as well is a lot of saints fans are from outside southampton like they're they're being like you know charles ford eastleigh winchester I mean, you know, when I grew up in Winchester, but pretty much everyone who supported the local team were Saints fans and were travelling oh. to Southampton. So it wouldn't have all been people who'd come down from Liverpool. There, there would have been a fair, fair chunk of those people, but you know, most people who support Liverpool don't come from Liverpool. So. No, that's true. That's a good point. Oh, 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 oh! That was something. Good I wanted seal to talk impression. About. If you'd clap yeah. your hands as well, that's uh, no, a ball on your nose. No, it was great value for money, just because you know this is mm. we do we do the- theoretically talk about kids. occasionally. Was Scarlett good? Scarlett's been great. I, she went. She went for a sleepover um, with her um, grandmother and, and um, my grand's no, my mother's partner. So granddad, as we like to call him, um, and her um, not really her cousin, but her cousin. Um, and she seemed to have a, a, a nice time. It was nice having two days with Nicola um, without uh, the pressure of looking after Scarlett. I've, I've felt especially with half term and so forth i really acutely felt the pressure of yeah um looking after and also felt a lot of guilt that i don't think i'm as present for at the moment as i should be so actually being unburdened and i don't know she's not a burden she's the love of my life yeah but um not having that pressure for a couple of days was actually i felt really good for those two days it was really lovely I can understand that. And nice to connect nice yeah. to connect with Nicola again as just a two of us and remember that actually, you know, there was, you know, twenty odd years of this before Scarlet and there there is more to our relationship than our daughter. We've we've only done that a couple of times so far, but it is weird because you feel a little bit guilty and also you kind of miss them a little bit. But 
we aren't you and I aren't the sorts of parents, and neither are Nicola and Amy, I think, who um, who talk about how hard it is being parents mm. all the time because it isn't really. It's kind of the best thing we've oh, done. Oh, it's super fucking easy at the moment. It's just you know keep her clean, keep her fed, and sort of keep her interested. That's it, really. But at the same time, it is a lot of. It is, it is sort of an ever-present, low-level thing that mm. you have to be thinking about, yeah, isn't yeah. it? So it's kind of... Um, Harder yeah. for you than it is for... I mean, you came around with Noah the other day, and I, I think I'd completely forgotten. It's only two years ago. Completely forgotten how high-maintenance toddlers are. Well, he's high-maintenance, and at the same time, because he gets around a lot, but at the same time, Amy and I aren't used to it. I think we might have mm. talked about this yeah. last week, but Amy and I aren't used to it because of our dogs so mm. we can't our dogs aren't as nice as your dogs mm-hmm. so and we that's not fair they're they're not as no i contr- agree as disciplined as your dogs no and they're not as nice i agree okay so um so we he doesn't get to go off and just do stuff yeah. that, that other children might in our house we've been really bad about we've never quite got used to child proofing the house mm. so it's sort of um the only reason our house looks childproof is we, we'd have to, we've had to sell pretty much everything over the last year and a half to get our heads above water, <laughs> so there's nothing in the house for Scarlett to hurt herself with. Okay, no, that's true. That's, uh, so you should write, you should start writing, like, self-help, life hack that's had stuff. A, that's how to declutter your life, is to, like, <laughs> Get get really strapped for cash, and then all of a sudden you find you don't need all this shit you've bought over the last twenty years. But it's half handy when you come to sell stuff at a car boot. I still regret the fact Nicola um, sold my guitar, mm-hmm. and I, and I'd never really learned to play it properly. But I still feel really mopey and unhappy when I realise that my guitar's gone. That is a bit depressing because once mm. you'd converted the shed mm. at the bottom of the thing, you probably would have learned how to play guitar. Definitely not. Although it's not quite as bad as you remember my cousin who. Um, died a year and a half mm-hmm. ago um i'm was it I'm, that long ago yeah i'm getting increasingly resentful now because uh i bought a bass guitar when i was 16 and when i was 18 or 19 he borrowed it never had it back he's not fucking left it to me in my fucking will i reckon and i i, I feel a bit itchy about making this public record i reckon he gave it on to someone Probably. I want my fucking bass guitar back. Don't like the sound of that guy. I'd learn how to do a basic rock and roll boogie-woogie. I'd learn how to do I Want to Be Adored by the Stone Roses. I'm sure there was a couple of other riffs that I'd... I'd it's pretty much enough to start busking. What I want to do, though... Would have really been helpful when you were skint. I still know that, because I know that, you know, doom, 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 I can do that. And um, I, I keep wanting to go into guitar shops and just pretend that I know what I'm doing with a bass guitar, sort of Is looking that the, at it. the first few bits of Enter Sand... Uh, not Enter Sandman, no. Mr. Sandman. Mr. Sandman. No, that's a basic Bring rock and roll boogie-woogie sort of... Oh, OK. I didn't know that. You can play it, you can, you can, you can mix it up as well going by. That's quite exciting when you mix it up a bit. I don't know enough about boogie-woogie. I wanted to say about the, uh, I, I just realised that I wanted to say, um, about the, uh, the whole, uh, thing, the false equivalency of, well, not the false equivalency, the equivalency of physical and mental health that people do. And, 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 and that's another thing that's a bit of a staple of any post, any article or post about mental health that you come up with a few of those that are a bit pithy and a bit good. Mm. Um, good examples but while I was reading these earlier on I had this wild stab of empathy that 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 sometimes happens with 
Stempathy. Stempathy. The, um, that sometimes happens to me where, and it's kind of a bit like Devil's Advocate, but not really, where I was, I was reading that and I was thinking, if we accept that a lot more people have mental health issues than ever really even realize it, probably, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, after uh, after the some quite difficult times I had in my mid thirties, I did that. There's that character in a, the there's a scene in the film of American Splendor where he first meets the woman who's going to become his wife, mm-hmm. and she's going around all of his friends and giving them diagnoses. <laughs> and after a particularly rough uh, relationship uh, I went through, I, I've I, I've found myself a little bit like that. You sort of notice the low level quirks that people have. Um. And I don't think I don't think this makes it okay. It certainly doesn't make it okay when people in positions of authority, um, when people in positions of authority, uh, treat people with mental health issues in that sort of offhand, mm. dismissive way. But there's a there's a way of looking at it that suggests that an awful lot of the people who come up with those stupid, false equivalence mm-hmm. lines where they say they say stupid things mm. like. Oh, I'll just get over it, blah, blah, blah. I've tried cheering up. Yeah. Most of those people mm. are probably in huge denial, mm. like, constantly about their own shit. That, like, most of the people who say stuff like that, mm-hmm. if you look at them for any sustained period of time, you can see, well, yeah, but you barely talk to your wife mm. or, or husband. You're clearly not, you know, you clearly got problems dealing with your kids and mortality and stuff like that. There's also, there's resentment and anger, I find, from those sort of people as well. It's like, you know, through gritted teeth, they say, I'm coping, why can't you? I was one of those, kind of, until I kind of accepted where I was. I was sort of, not people with diagnosed conditions, but certainly people who sort of would say, I'm feeling blue, I, I don't know, I don't know. I kind of there was part of my internal monologue was like, well, I'm coping, so why can't you? Mm. You know, and it, it's there, it's there on all of us. And I like to think I'm reasonably open-minded to these things, but I don't think I was before I genuinely accepted I had a problem. All of us have limits to our open-mindedness, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but yeah. So when you say uh, you were one of those people who who was like that about. Usually you, Nicky. If that's where you're going, I think that's where you were going to go, wasn't it? So usually you, right? Well, that's I mean, that's not that's not true. But I knew where you were going, and I sort of cut you off at the pass. It's uh, uh, an interesting note. No, to it end would you, it would usually be I mean, most of my sort of um, frustrated bullshit usually came out when I was watching you know, when I'm watching stuff on the TV, not with people that I'm close to in love. Oh, okay, good. So not 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 me then. Not you. Good, because that would have made the last few years quite awkward retroactively. Mm. Yeah, retrospectively yeah. retroactively or spectively retrospectively I don't know yeah. um, anyway so because well, retroactive would be the, to, uh, to make some action wouldn't it yeah. take, take an action retrospective would be to look at to review look at it, it yeah, review yeah. it um, we've definitely got listeners who are cleverer than us so they can they can clarify that or we can look at a dictionary I can't work out if it's a bit awkward now seems to be a good time to finish the podcast I think so uh, listener you can uh, listen to all of our previous episodes on twogrownmen.net. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find us on your podcatcher of choice. Mm. It seems unlikely that you won't already be in your podcatcher mm. of choice listening to this if you have one. But uh, anyway, so uh, you can search for us. Please do review us or comment on our posts or anyth- anything. Any sort of feedback to us mm-hmm. is uh, welcomed. Mm. We like that. You can talk to me on Twitter at Nick's site. 
Uh, you can talk to me. I'm James M O N B on Twitter. And uh, you can. We've got a group on Facebook if you want to follow when we uh, uh, get uh, recent episodes and stuff like that. Can I? Can I just briefly New say? Episodes, not recent. Can episodes. I just briefly say if um, I, I've been talking about the modelling I've, I've been enjoying doing recently? If if you if you're interested in modelling, one of the hard things I think I've said is painting techniques. I hate my the painting I do is awful. The Mythbusters guys, um, in collaboration with Tested YouTube channel, posted last week. They did a uh, Adam Savage one day build, and he was actually making a kit model, and goes into great detail in terms of the painting techniques he oh, uses cool. to get the weathering, and so on and so forth. I can't recommend it highly enough. It was the painting that always put me off. Um, I, I've basically I've made a list of stuff I need. I'm going to start airbrushing. Because that's the only way to do it. But he, he goes into tips in terms of like using watercolour and acrylic paints to get weathering and stuff like that. It's very, very interesting. I'll put a link to that in the show notes, yeah. which will be for this episode on twogrownmen.net. Cool beans. There's also a, a, a Twitter account for the, specifically for the podcast. It's 2GM Pod, I think. Okay. And also there's an email account, which is 2GM Podcast at yeah. gmail.com. So there are lots of different ways to get in touch with us. I meant to post pictures of uh, James's uh, models in the mailing list, which is at tinyletter.com forward slash 2GM. I tweeted them at Peter Hammerson last night. I totally failed to actually do that. So uh, the mailing list is something. It's one of a bunch of different things. that You can see them if you get on Twitter, if you want to go and look back on my feed. I haven't tweeted that much since then. So if you go, actually, it come up in my, because when you look at, if you look at it, oh, see, I, I, I use a particular Twitter. If you go client. onto the Twitter website and find you, it'll be your last picture that it'd be, you. Yeah, it'd be one of my pictures. So just ignore the dick pics and then um, that I send you don't privately. Tweet out dick pics. Of course, I don't know. So I just text them yeah. to you privately. Yeah, and then I post them on my. Mm. If you want to see uh, James's penis, that's on my account. I post them publicly. I have. I have. I don't know if I should admit this. I have got a, a stock picture of Dick Van Dyke on my phone, which from time to time I have um, mailed to female friends for a laugh. <laughs> And how did they feel about oh, you, you mocking the abusive nature of uh, the relationship between men and women they've, online? They've, already, they've, they've always been very amused by it because it's been part of a, a conversation. They've said that they were very amused, like mm. like Scarlett Johansson in that picture of John Travolta from the Oscars last That's, night. Uh, wasn't it Christian Bale trying to kiss her? Well, he might have done as well. That's weird too. I'm sure it's. I'm sure the one where she looks really pissed. I'm sure that's Christian Bale, isn't it? It's Christian Bale doing an impersonation of. John Travolta now. I don't that guy know. can really play whoever he wants. I give he? not one shit about the Oscars. I, I despise award ceremonies with a burning passion. Down with meritocracy. <laughs> well, it isn't, is it? That's no, what it I said last week. It's, right. it's, it's skewing our, our opportunity to live in a true meritocracy. And on that bombshell... We out. I'm dropping the mic. <laughs> 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 Bye-bye. <laughs>